Welcome to the Effortless English Show with the world's number one English teacher, A.J. Hogue, where A.J.'s more than 40 million students worldwide finally learn English once and for all without the boring textbooks, classrooms, and grammar drills. Here's A.J. with a quick piece to help you learn to speak fluent English effortlessly. I'm A.J. Hogue, the author of Effortless English. Learn to speak English like a native. I am the father. Father of the Effortless English system that trains you, teaches you, helps you, guides you, coaches you to speak English fluently. You speak English confidently. You speak English powerfully. And indeed, you speak English effortlessly. When you commit to my VIP program, you commit. You commit to my VIP program at EffortlessEnglishClub.com. Go there. Join. Try it. Commit. Don't quit. Commit. Don't quit at EffortlessEnglishClub.com. VIP members, you receive that nice discount code for my business English course. I hope you're enjoying it. I know a lot of you are getting the course. That's great to see. I've had a few questions. Uh, The people who received it, they're current VIP members. Current VIP members, you should have received that discount code, an email. You received it in an email. So check your inbox, check your spam folder. If you are current, if you are an active current VIP member, and for some reason you don't see the email, it's not in your inbox, it's not in your uh, spam folder, then please just uh, send a quick email to members at effortlessenglish.org or just go to my website, Effortless English Club. You can hit that we have a contact, you know, there's a there's a link, contact us, contact. Just use that if you want to. And send a quick email, just say, I'm an active v- uh, VIP member. For some reason, I didn't get the email. And Peter will help you out. He'll give you that code. So Now, some of you have asked, will anybody else get a discount code? Yes, indeed, you will. So join my email course because I'll be sending another discount, less than the VIP members, but still a good one, for, again, for my Business English course, my Business English Conversations course. That'll be next week. Next week. So you have time now to join my email course, EffortlessEnglishClub.com. Also, go to the bottom of the page. There's an email form. Just add your email there. You'll become a subscriber to my list. Then I will, next week, send out a discount code to all of my email subscribers. So VIP members always get the first discount. They always have the chance to buy first. They always get the biggest discount. VIP members always. And then next will be my email subscribers, which can be anybody. It's the email subscribers, that's all free. All right, so just a quick hello to everybody. Hey, Lisa, good to see you. And... Bufindra and everyone else saying hello. Today's topic is kind of coming back again to a topic I've discussed many times because it's one of these, we might say it's a primal topic. Primal. Primal. P-R-I-M-A-L. Primal. Primal means like kind of going back into our deep history, into our deep roots, our deep instincts. Fear is a primal emotion, right? It's a, it's an, I mean, honestly, it's kind of an animal emotion. 
It's one of these deep, 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 and therefore very, very powerful feelings. This is why it's hard to deal with sometimes. But as I said before, fear is the mind killer. Well, I came across a very nice, very short, so I'm going to read the whole thing, a very short post about despair. Despair. Despair is a kind of fear and hopelessness. It really means hopelessness, without hope. Usually, despair, the first step is fear. Fear and negativity. And then it becomes stronger and stronger and stronger. And then you reach despair where you feel like there's no hope. It's hopeless. It's hopeless. Some, I, I, I saw this a little bit as we were doing Brave New World, The Matrix, Animal Farm. When we talk about all of these topics, we have to be very careful we do not despair. That we do not fear. And we do not despair. The truth is ugly. It is. Our enemies are very powerful. Yes, they are. They are doing terrible, evil, horrible things in the world. Yes, it's true. However, we have not lost. We are still here. We are still fighting. And we will fight for truth and beauty and goodness, for natural law, for dharma. And we will not stop fighting. And when you are fighting, when you are in a battle like this, it's an endless battle. This battle has been fought for you know, all of human history. It will continue to be fought in the future by our descendants, our children, our grandchildren. The form changes. You know, as we've said, the technology has given the enemies the ability to do some great evil, such as Animal Farm. Brave New World. You know, these, the techniques of propaganda and mind control are very powerful. However, we can learn them. You can read. That's why we're reading these books. Brave New World, 1984. You can read yourself. Animal Farm, basically the same idea. There are also some great blogs and videos. And you can read about persuasion. You can read about propaganda. So you can learn all of these techniques. You can learn them. Okay, you can learn. We're not helpless. We're not hopeless. It's Our situation is not hopeless. In fact, I'd say now, many, many, many people are waking up. They're waking up to the fake news. They're waking up seeing the propaganda techniques. Many people are learning to see it. I'm trying to teach you as much as I can to see how they mind control you and me, right? All of us. So it's very important that in a fight like this that you do not despair. It's important for you personally, right? That you must keep, you must stay positive. You must stay strong, okay? It's not hopeless. It is not hopeless. So crying about it and uh, getting all depressed does not help you. And also, it doesn't help others because despair, right, this giving up, this feeling of hopelessness and pessimism, it's contagious, right? Then you bring down everybody around you. You make them feel less powerful, less strong, less confident also, less hopeful, right? I mean, it's the opposite of leadership. <laughs> it's like anti-leadership, <laughs> bringing everybody down. But what we want to do, everybody being a leader... Everyone can be a leader in some way. 
even if you're just a leader by bringing everybody up, by just supporting everybody, by just being positive and strong, by fighting against despair, that's a kind of leadership, right? No, everybody can't be the general. Everybody will not be at the top. But you can still contribute in a strong, positive way. And in that way, that's what the Navy SEALs mean when they say everybody a leader. I mean, they still have officers, of course, right? They still have people giving commands. But what they mean is that everybody on the team can contribute in some way. In different situations, somebody on the team will contribute in a stronger way. That everybody has something to contribute. So let me read this. Let's just read this post because it was quite good. This is Vox Day, voxday.blogspot.com. I'll put it on the screen for those watching on video. Vox Day, V-O-X-D-A-Y, Vox Day, and then dot blogspot.com. It's still on the main page. Just go there. I'm just going to read the whole thing and we'll do some vocab. So this is kind of like a little short vocab lesson too. Let me, on the screen, I'll make it a little bigger. So, okay, here we go. The title is No Despair Nancy's. <laughs> so he's responding to people commenting on his blog. He writes about, well, he writes about much of what we write about. He's a Christian. He writes about natural law. He writes about the culture war, this culture war that we are in against this terrible evil of brave new world. He's fighting it against it too. And this blog post is a response to some people commenting on his well, blog, his website. Because he noticed that he was getting a lot of comments, or several, I don't know about a lot, but several comments that were so negative. It's hopeless. Oh, you know, they're winning. They control all of the media, they control the banks, they have all the money, they have all the big companies, they control the governments. Oh, and it was this kind of hopelessness, people in his comments, you know, and he got kind of angry about it. And so this is his response. This is Vox's response to despair, to the people who are despairing. Here we go. No despair, Nancy's. I'm going to read the whole thing, then I'll come back and I'll read again and explain vocab. And then finally, I'll come back again and we'll discuss the ideas. Number one, just reading it. No despair Nancy's. If you're going to be a despair Nancy, just go away now. Take that weak, worrisome quote, I just fear bad things will happen to people who are braver than me, unquote, bullshit to hell from whence it came. You are literally literally worse than useless. If you are truly concerned, you would be praying for them in silence. You wouldn't be issuing what could quite reasonably be seen as implicit threats in public. Understand, this is a hard and fast rule. If you are a demoralizer, if you are a black pillar, you will be banned. Period. And I don't give an airborne rodent's posterior, I don't give a rat's ass, if your fear is genuine. 
In fact, that would be all the more reason to banish you from our midst. We are not given a spirit of fear. If you are, then obviously you are not us. If you can't steel yourself and find the courage to stand in the ranks without flinching, then we neither need nor want you at our sides. Okay, strong. Now, there's a lot of vocab to explain. Vox Day is an author, a writer. He's an editor. He owns a publishing company. So he's got some nice vocab. This is a mix of very almost kind of slang, casual idiom slang in here a little bit. And also some nice kind of more literary words. So it's an interesting mix of both. Let's go back and let me explain now. Okay, the title, No Despair Nancy's. No Despair, you understand. A Nancy, this is kind of an old slang word for some, um, basically for a girly boy. Girly boy, that's a good word. That's a good phrase. Synonym, girly boy. A Nancy, right, there's the name Nancy. It comes from a girl's name, Nancy. But if you describe a man as a Nancy, he's such a Nancy. It means he's, a, he's effeminate, he's weak, he acts like a girl. Right? He's afraid. He's uh, right, kind of a wimp, a weak guy, a weak boy, a weak man, a Nancy. So no despair, Nancy. So he's saying no, no weak, hopeless men who are crying about everything, who are afraid about everything. Okay. If you're going to be a despair, Nancy, just go away now. Take that weak, worrisome... Okay, this sentence is hard because it's two sentences inside each other. It's, a, it's complicated. In fact, I think I'm going to break it into two sentences to make it more clear. Because it's, it's like, he, there's half a sentence, then there's a quote from, you know, the, a quote from one of the weak Nancys, one of the despair people, and then there's the second half of the sentence. So this makes it very confusing. So let me read the part before the quote, and then I'll read the quote. It's easier to understand. Take that weak, worrisome bullshit to hell from whence it came. Okay, that's very easy. That's the kind of main sentence. Okay. Take that weak, worrisome. Worrisome means just worrying all the time. <laughs> I'm worried all the time. So take that weak, worrisome bullshit. Bullshit is, again, nonsense. It's any, anything you say that is either not true or not useful. So he's saying, take that bullshit. Take your, take your whining. Take your fear to hell. <laughs> okay? Take it to hell. We don't want to hear it. From whence it came. From whence it came means from where it came. Whence is kind of a very formal, really kind of an old word. But it really means from where it came. He's saying that despair and hopelessness comes from hell, comes from the devil. So take it back to hell because it does, doesn't belong here. We don't want it here. Strong words. That's nice writing. It's, I like it. Okay, then the quote part of that sentence, this is just, he's just quoting, he may be quoting a comment someone said before that made him angry, but he's kind of, it's a general quote of despair. Okay, so here's the quote. I just fear that bad things will happen to people who are braver than me. 
Okay, so somebody wrote something like this on his blog. I fear bad things will happen to people who are braver than me. Basically, I fear something bad's going to happen to anybody who is strong, anybody who's not afraid, anybody who shows courage. Something bad might happen to them. Okay, so you can see how this is a message of despair. If you fight back, if you're strong, if you're courageous, then something bad might happen to you. So yeah, I can see why he's angry about it. Okay, next sentence. You are literally, meaning really, not, not, this is not a metaphor, it's not exaggeration. Literally, you actually are worse than useless. You're worse than useless. So these despair people, they're not useful, they're not helpful, but actually they're worse than that. They're actually causing harm. Okay, then he says, he's, he's talking to them, to the despair people. If you were truly concerned, if you really cared, you would be praying for them in silence. You would be praying for the courageous people. You would be praying for the fighters, praying to God silently. You wouldn't be writing this despair, this terrible stuff. You'd be saying, oh, please, God, protect them. Please, God, help them. You wouldn't be issuing, you wouldn't be saying what could quite reasonably be seen, what you could probably see as implicit threats in public. Implicit means not, it's indirect, indirect threats. So he's saying that in some ways, these people who are saying, oh my God, I hope something bad doesn't happen to, to the courageous ones, the fighters. You could, that's, that's almost an indirect threat. It's an, almost an indirect threat. It's almost saying, Something bad's going to happen to you if you fight back. Something bad's going to happen to you if you're courageous, right? You could see it as possibly this person is actually th making a threat, but very indirectly. That's what implicit means. I mean, it comes from, it's similar to the word implied, not said directly. Implicit. It's a kind of threat. An implicit threat is a threat, something, you know, you're saying you're gonna, someone might be hurt, but you're saying it very indirectly, implicit. All right, next we have a common idiom. Understand this is a hard and fast rule. That's a very common phrase. A hard and fast rule, meaning it's a st strict rule. But you, this is a strong rule. You cannot break it. It's a hard and fast, hard and fast rule. This is just kind of an idiom in English when we say there's a rule that's very, like, you can't break it. 100% no breaking this rule. There's no flexibility. It's a hard and fast rule. Okay, and then what's the rule? This is his blog rule. If you are a demoralizer, if you are a black pillar, you will be banned. Yeah, another, more of the pill, <laughs> our matrix pill slang or idioms. Okay, if you are a demoralizer, okay, that's a good word. So, more, this comes, this, we're talking about morale. Remember, I have talked about this word before. Morale is like your feeling of confidence. And it's, a, it's originally kind of a, uh, especially military word. It's the feeling of confidence that your group, your army has. Right? If you have high morale, your army feels strong. They're ready to fight. They're not afraid. If you have low morale, the army's afraid. They are unhappy. They don't want to fight. 
So demoralizer is a person who brings down morale, right? Someone who hurts the confidence of the group, who makes people more afraid, who makes people feel weaker. That's a demoralizer. It's a person who makes others feel more weak, a demoralizer. Next phrase, if you are a black piller, it's kind of, he's using this now to describe as a noun, but black pill, black pilled. Remember in, in the matrix, we had red pilled, meaning you know the truth, the full, ugly, terrible truth, blue pill, you believe the lies. And then I said, well, and now we have kind of other pill slang color, pill colors. There's white pilled, meaning you're very optimistic. Black-pilled, as an adjective, black-pilled with a D at the end, black-pilled means someone who is full of despair. They're super negative. They think they're hopeless. Everything's terrible and hopeless. That's a black-pilled person. If instead we add ER at the end, instead of ED, we have ER, a black-pillar, this is now becomes a noun. It's a person. A black-pillar is a person who makes others feel despair. A black pillar is a person who makes others feel hopeless. And what will he do? He will ban them. He will block them. They cannot come onto his website. They cannot comment. Period. Period means definitely. No doubt. Okay, then he tell it's a kind of a joke. I'm not going to worry about this because this is not a normal phrase. So I'm going to use the I'm going to use the normal. He's kind of doing a joke about the normal idiom we have. I'm going to use that the normal idiom. It's more useful for you. Okay. So the normal idiom is I don't give a rat's ass if your fear is genuine. Don't give a rat's ass. That's a nice little slang phrase. Uh, it's, it's, quite, it's fairly common. I don't give a rat's ass about something. I don't give a rat's ass about whatever. I don't give a rat's ass means I don't care at all. I don't care. Completely, I don't care. I care 0%. I don't give a rat's ass. It's very slang, obviously. It's uh, very, very casual. I don't give a rat's ass. It's a bit rude. It's a little rude. So be careful when you, in the situation you if you try to use it. But I don't give a rat's ass. I don't care at all. And he doesn't care about what? I don't care. I don't give a rat's ass if your fear is genuine. So genuine. Genuine means real, not fake, right? It's the opposite of fake. Fake means, right, not not real. You're pretending. Genuine means real. So he says, I don't care if your fear is real. I don't care if you really are afraid. In fact, that's even worse. Next sentence. In fact, that would be all the more reason. It means that's an even bigger reason to banish you from our midst. Two more words. To banish, again, means to ban, to block. Uh, the, the, the full meaning of the word, the real meaning of the original word, banish, to banish, means that you would make someone leave the town or leave the country and they could never come back. It was a kind of punishment. You were banished. It means you, you must leave and you can never return. 
So he's saying if you are a demoralizer, you will be banished from our our midst. Okay, M-I-D-S-T. This is an interesting word, our midst. Our midst means our 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 area, our um, surroundings, you know, being close to us. Banished from our midst means you're banished from our presence, right? Our presence from our from our place, our midst. Okay, next, we are not given a spirit of fear. We, we, so now he's talking about his group, his group of readers. We are not given a spirit of fear, meaning we will not be fearful. If you, he's talking to the black pillars, he's talking to the, uh, the negative people. If you are in a spirit of fear, then obviously you are not us. He's saying you are not one of us if you are in despair all the time. And then finally, this is kind of a military image, this last sentence. If you can't steel yourself and find the courage to stand in the ranks without flinching, it's a long sentence. Let's get that part first. Okay, first of all, the phrase steel yourself, it's S-T-E-E-L. So it's like the metal, the metal steel, like from a sword. We can use it as a verb to steel yourself. It means to make yourself hard and strong. Right. Usually it's the idea you're preparing for battle, you're preparing for something difficult. So like you take a breath and you're ready to fight now. You steal yourself. You prepare yourself to fight. You make yourself hard and strong. Steal yourself. It's usually you do it to yourself. S-T-E-E-L, like the metal, used as a verb. So he's saying if you can't do that, if you can't find the courage, you have to find courage to stand in the ranks without flinching. So he's giving an image of like a battle. Imagine like the Romans, the Roman army, the old, old, old Roman army with the shields. What? They stood in ranks, meaning they stood in lines. In the ranks means in lines. And each one had a shield, right? So he's saying, if you want to fight with us, you must stand with us in the line without flinching. To flinch means to, to kind of duck, to drop down. Like if someone attacks you, you, you don't run away, but you kind of turn away. So this is giving the image that it means you're, you're not, if you're in a battle with shields, you can't do that because your shield is protecting the men to your left, the men to your right, the men behind you. So if you move, if you drop your shield to try to avoid a battle, avoid a, someone trying to hit you, then you it's dangerous for everybody. So the strong soldiers had to stand there and they they would not right, they would not drop down, they would not turn away from someone attacking them. They would not flinch. They would not flinch. So he's saying, if you want to fight with us, you cannot flinch. You cannot turn away every time there is a difficult situation. If you can't do that, we neither need nor want you at our sides. We don't want you at our sides if you can't stand and fight. All right, let's talk about the meaning really quickly, because I like it. So... 
again, quite generally then. So this is this is a very, very, very good message as we, you know, if you think about all the red pill knowledge, the ugly, ugly truths we got from the Matrix, Brave New World, Animal Farm, just just being alive, just seeing how everything's a lie. Like all the things I have taught you about the school systems being just propaganda and mind control and lies. The news media, 100% fake lies, propaganda. It's all mind control. CNN, the BBC, Fox News, NBC, whatever is in your country, the New York Times. It's all lies, 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 and propaganda. All right, that's an ugly truth. When Neo took the red pill, he freaked out, right? (laughs) Freaked out means, ah, you're so upset, you kind of go crazy. He freaked out for a little bit. Right? His first reaction, ah, and he threw up, bleh, threw up on the floor. Right? It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a perfectly um, natural reaction. But what we also saw in the Matrix, a nice message, is that very quickly he had to steal himself. Right? He had to make himself strong and tough. And he said, this is terrible. But I'm not going to despair. He did not despair. He did not cry. He did not quit. He was not like Cypher. He did not ask to go back to into the Matrix. What did he do? He started training. There's like two scenes later. They plug him into the training and he's doing learning Kung Fu and he's learning to fight. Very quickly, he steals himself. And what does he do? He decides to fight, to train and get stronger, to fight and fight and fight against the Matrix against the evil. Even though the machines in that movie are super, super powerful. But no despair from Neo. No despair from Morpheus, his trainer, his teacher, his coach, his mentor. And that's what Vox Day is saying here. Same thing. That, yes, all these things are terrible, but there's no point crying about how terrible everything is forever. Okay, we have to wake up. But after we wake up, after we see how terrible everything is, we can't just focus on that because then we get this despair. Then we get the, oh, it's so bad. It's so bad. Ah." No, we got to fight. There comes a time where you have to start making yourself stronger and taking actions to fight back. This can be small things. This is why I talk about homeschooling. Actually, homeschooling is not a small thing. Homeschooling is a huge thing. You take your children out of that evil system. That is a big, strong, powerful way to fight. That is a strong and wonderful action. You teach your children to see the techniques of mind control, of Brave New World, of Animal Farm, all the things they are pushing in the media, pushing in the movies and TV and books in the news, all of it. Teach them to see the techniques. Teach it to them. Study the, these techniques yourself and teach it. Teach them to your children so they can see it all. Teach them film techniques so they can see how, how do these directors use music to manipulate, to change your emotions and make you feel something. It's very powerful. When you start to notice how movies use music, it becomes less powerful because you, you start to see the technique that they show you something. They show you someone who's doing something very bad. 
who's in fact a very bad person. But if they use cool music at the same time, you will suddenly start to feel, just your emotions, you start to feel that they're kind of like a hero. Without the music, without the special camera angles and effects, their behavior, their actions would be actually quite terrible and evil. But using lighting, using costumes, you know, the, the cool, making them look really cool, using certain camera angles and using music, and suddenly they make this, they make you feel that this is a great person, that this is a hero. It's all manipulation. So you can learn these things. You can just study. You don't have to make videos, but you can study the techniques of movie making. It's, it's good to study these techniques so that you can see them and be aware of them. So you're not just kind of being hypnotized. You actually see it and you are aware. So you fight back. This is another way you fight back. Homeschooling, teaching yourself and your kids in all, of all these techniques. Speaking truth is a really big one. Speak the truth. Speak the truth as you know it. Don't lie just because it's popular, right? Like just because uh, it's politically correct, this all this transgender stuff, don't lie and say it's true. It's not true. We all know it's a lie. It's a mind control thing to make you submit to tell lies. We all know it's a mental illness. It's clear it's, it's a mental illness. And that they are doing, they are, what they're doing to these little kids where they're giving them these drugs and really destroying them for life because some of these cannot be reversed. It is satanic, demonic evil, what they are doing. Say it. Speak up. Don't say, oh, well, it's not politically correct because I know in the media, you know, I don't want people to say I'm transphobic and, oh, uh, and that I'm not nice. No, speak the truth and speak it, speak it loud and speak it strongly in all areas. Okay, even if and you don't even if you disagree with me, but speak it, speak the truth. In these areas, you have to, and don't despair. Don't despair because we can win, and we can fight back, and we are fighting back, and people are waking up. Even with all their money and all their power and all these techniques, people are starting to learn the techniques. People are becoming red pilled. They're seeing through it all. Do not despair. Do not. Be confident. Be strong. Steal yourself. And this is also true in your personal life, okay? Outside of, you know, forget politics or anything like that. This is also just true in your personal life. If you're, you're, you have a dream to start a business, okay? And some people, oh, I don't have enough money and oh, no bank will give me money and oh, I can't. Blah, blah. Despair. No. Steal yourself. Just do it. Start your business. You don't have enough money to start a big business. Fine. Start a little business. You want to start a restaurant. You can't get money from a bank. Don't start a restaurant. Do something else. Okay? Don't cry about it. No despair. Steal yourself. Train. Get stronger. Learn the skills you need. Get experience. And just do it. Just do it. If you fail, you fall down, get up again and try again. Don't despair. Do it. Okay? And this is, this is true in, in anything. Dating relationships. Um, money. Uh, whatever. Whatever area of your life. Don't despair. Don't. 
steal yourself and fight. Keep fighting, keep fighting. There's no guarantee, of course, we have failures. Of course, we have tough times. Get up and keep fighting. Do not despair. All right, let's get to our questions and comments as usual. Yeah, I mean, this is nice. Priscilla says, it's easier to complain and criticize people who have not yet awakened than to remain silent praying for them. It seems powerful. And, and that is really a good point that uh, we shouldn't, I don't think, I think it's a bad idea to try to force people to wake up. Right? Like, ah, they don't want to hear it. They're not, they're blue-pilled. They're not ready. And to try to force them constantly, it doesn't, you know, it just makes them frustrated and upset, makes you upset. I like the idea, just pray for them to see the truth. Pray for them to see the truth. Pray for them to seek the truth. Just as we saw in The Matrix, you know, Neo was looking for the truth, Right? Morpheus, they would only unplug people who were looking for the truth. They didn't just unplug everybody because like he said, most people are not ready yet. Most people are not ready yet. They didn't just go unplugging lots of people randomly, right? They were looking, they, they unplugged people who are ready, who are searching for truth. So it's good advice from Priscilla as well. Don't get frustrated. There will be people in your life who can't see the truth, who just, I, in my life, for sure there are. So we, we have to be patient for them. Pray for them is a good action to do. Are you going to be homeschooling your twins? 100% absolutely yes. Okay, I'm just kind of jumping back a little bit. Um, okay, just come jumping up to the beginning of the comments. You guys type comments fast, so I'm trying to catch up. I have to read very quickly, so that's why you guys, some of you get upset if I miss your comment, but I can't, there, I don't have time to do all of them, and it's hard for me to read them <laughs> when they're coming so fast. Okay, um, oh, hello from Chile. Hey, Hans. Uh, I work, study English. Hi from Chile. Your uh, name looks uh, almost like German or Scandinavian. Interesting. Phyllis Befrender says, I, don't, I believe prayer doesn't work. I tried many times. Before one year, I believe this kind of stuff. It's because, uh, you know, I don't like what are called petitionary prayers very much. 
where you're asking, God, please do this, do this for me. Do me a favor. Hey, God, do me a favor. Do this. <laughs> Give me a job, right? <laughs> I think it's how you pray is very important. Praying for truth, praying for guidance, uh, praying to serve God, praying to serve Dharma, praying for strength. That works. Praying for more money. No. The best prayer of all maybe is, you know, pray to God, please, you know, help me do what I, I should do. What, what is best? Something general like that. Because otherwise, it's like you're trying to tell God or Dharma, you're trying to say, yeah, do this. You're trying to like give them an order. <laughs> it's crazy. But I think the other thing is that when you pray for someone else, that, you know, they have free will. It's their choice. If you say, oh, you know, God, you know, may this person wake up and find truth, find the truth, or look for truth, or come closer to truth. Okay, well, you you can't make them do it, right? And and really, if you if you none no none of the major religions, God won't even do that because we all have free will. We've been given this free will to choose for ourselves. So that person has to choose for themselves. The prayer really benefits you because you're you're putting out positive, loving, caring thoughts about this person. Praying for them to be happy, praying for them to find truth. That will certainly benefit you. In that way, it absolutely works. Oh, yeah, yeah. Paulico with so our vocab. Robin Hood was banished. I think that is one of the most obvious and well-known examples using that word. Yeah, right. The classic Robin Hood story. He's banished from uh, the town and he has to hide in the forest. That's right. And becomes kind of an outlaw. Okay, I can jump down to the bottom now. It's... Yeah, I mean, this is a nice attitude that Zohara has. Very simple and very good. I had to learn to fight all my life. Got to learn to keep smiling. If you smile, things will work out. You know, you just think of it. You know, you think of any tough situation. What kind of people do you want with you, helping you? Do you want people who are, oh, it's hopeless, it's hopeless, it's hopeless, right? Or do you want people who are like, we can do this, we can do this, and you know, they're, they, they stay cheerful even in tough situations. It's hard to do. I know, I, you know, I, what I do is I just like will let it out for, I'll give myself some time, 10 minutes, 30 minutes, and I'll just go, ah, shit, nah, 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 and I'll just, you know, go crazy and get out all the negative stuff, and then, ah, now what do I have to do? Now I have to take action. Now I have to do something. I can't continue complaining, complaining forever. I have to do something now. That's what I try to do.
Yeah, Cleefy, some another good summary. It's simple. But these are these are good rules for for fighting, for doing well in life, for for going up up against all this terrible stuff. You know, after you become red pill, how do you keep going? Well, here's Cleefy's answer. After being coached two year, for two years, my logo is number one: stay in the fight, never quit. Great advice. Number two: do your best. That's right. No one's perfect. You will have mistakes and you will fail sometimes. Number three: be optimistic and have faith in God. It's perfect. Perfect, Cleefy. Well said. And that that's that's the kind of people and that's the kind of people I want in effortless English. People with that attitude. And that's the kind we have, which is great. Which is why I'm so happy with teaching you all. Yes. Abdullahi Osman says, these days I'm reading the book. Oh, by the way, thanks for the super chat from Michael, 40 rubles, I believe it is. I think it's rubles. Thank you very much for that donation. Thank you. Abdullahi Osman says, these days I'm reading the book, The True Believer by Eric Hoffer. The first section is talking about this, shows that the manipulators use despair to manipulate the crowd. Interesting. I'll have to check into that book. Sounds quite interesting. Despair is a topic. I mean, you think about it. If you have an enemy, you want them to despair, right? If, if, if it's the opposite, you're, you're, if you're, there's someone who you think is your enemy or you want to control somebody, how do you make them weaker? Well, despair. You want them to despair. If they despair, they're weak. If they despair, they won't fight. They'll just uh, cry and be weak all the time. So, yeah, they want us to despair. Why do you think the news, the media news, media is full of garbage and fear and terrible stuff all the time? Most of it exaggerated. Why? Because they want you to despair. They want you to think, oh, the world's so horrible. It's everything's hopeless. It's not. But that's what they want you to think. If you watch the news, you'll think that. Uh, Priscilla says, I, I confess I got into a crisis when I heard your criticism about education schools because I'm a teacher. <laughs> no worries. I'm not blaming individual teachers. I was one too. Uh, I agree with the criticism. What do you advise for those who are school teachers? We have two possibilities. Number one is you can be subversive. <laughs> and I did this for a while uh, in my own teaching. I, you know, I taught in universities. But I just would do, I would everything possible to be a great teacher and to go against the system and to try to teach my students about the system. So you're inside the, the school system, but you're using it for good purposes. You can get in trouble with this way. You have to be careful. You have to be careful how you do it. Sometimes you have to be, you know, not too loud about it. But you can introduce your students to... Uh, you know, teach them about propaganda, teach them about Brave New World and Animal Farm. And, uh, you know, I don't know what you teach, Priscilla. You know, like if you're teaching math, it's quite different. Math is probably, but, you know, math is one of the more simple topics where you probably don't have to deal with so much garbage. So in that, in that sense, being a math teacher is not such a bad problem. Uh, but if you're teaching other things, you know, you can try that. That's what I did for many years. And then eventually I just, you know, had to become a private teacher. My 
do my own thing, become independent. That's the second choice. But while you're working now, just do your best. You know, you have limits. You have to be careful. But within the limits, do your best. There still are some good teachers out there who are doing that. You know, um, our great hero, John Taylor Gatto, used to do that. Who wrote Dumbing Us Down. He did that. He was a middle school teacher in America, public school, but he used it to do good. And I, he probably got in trouble sometimes. <laughs> but, uh, but he used it and he did good and he was fighting against the system a lot, but he still stayed in it. So that's also possible. Just do the right thing. Do the right thing and do the best you can. Abertamanis22 says, I believe that a brave heart gets you what ordinary people always fail to get. I believe this in regards to my success I'm getting with English learning. Indeed, you know, this, this uh, you know, fortune favors the bold. Fortune favors the bold. Quite a famous quote. Meaning, uh, luck favors people who are courageous, who fight, that somehow they have more success. Elena says, Hi, Jay. Today you changed my mood 100%. I felt so upset with no reason. Now I'm fine after listening for 20 minutes. Thank you. Well, you're welcome. That's... I try to do that. <laughs> Happy to do that. Super chat. Again, Michael, put you on the screen really quickly. Thank you. Oh, cool, David. David, I got to give a shout out to a kiteboard instructor with a look at that. He's flying in the air right there. He says, I am from Spain, but living in Brazil now, I'm a kiteboarding instructor. Nice. Love kiteboarding. Me too. Kiteboarding's great. Uh, you, you all know I've, that I, I don't do it now. I live in a city, but I lived in Hawaii. I lived in Maui for a year and I learned to kiteboard on Maui. It's great. It's such a, it's fun. It's a great sport. I miss it. So yeah, cool. That's great. What a great job. That's fantastic. <laughs> ah, well, okay. Adele Ramos says, how many years or months of savings do you think is good enough to quit my job and start a business? My best advice is don't quit your job. Start your business while you're working a job. Okay, so you say, well, how can I do that? I work eight hours a day. So what I would say is this, save up. I don't know. I don't know what you, what business you want to do and all this stuff. I don't know your expenses. But let's say you want at least six months of expenses ready, you know, paid. But I, I don't recommend quitting completely. What I recommend you might do is change to a part-time job, uh, depending on what business you want to do. If you're doing a business like Monday through Friday, then get a job and work on the weekends so that 
you still have income from a job. You still have enough income from your part-time job to pay for your rent and your food. These are the big ones, right? So then there's less financial pressure for your business because if your business, you need a year, you need two years to make enough money you know, to survive. Well, it doesn't matter because you have a part-time job also and the part-time job will cover your basic expenses. So that's what I recommend. So number one, cut your expenses super low so you don't need much. And number two, then get a part-time job just to cover your basic life expenses, food and rent especially, and then start your business. Keep, and, but don't quit. Don't quit the job. Quit the job after your business makes enough to pay for your expenses, your, your rent and your food and everything else. Until then, keep working the part-time job. That's exactly what I did. Okay, I had a part-time job working at a school in San Francisco teaching part-time, four hours a day, four, four, four hours a day, four days a week. It was only 16 hours, 16 hours a week I worked. But that was enough to pay for my rent and food and life, you know? We could survive on that. We did. We survived on that. Then I started, I came home in my extra time, you know, after my classes. I recorded my first course, the original course, in the apartment. <laughs> and created the website and launched the business. But I did not quit. Continued to work my job for, uh, I think it was about seven months. So I, for seven months, I was working my job part-time and also every, every other moment free, I was working on the business, trying to grow it. And finally, after seven months, the business was doing very well. The business made much more than my job. The business made enough to pay rent and everything. And then I quit my job. And that was my last job. So that's how I did it. And that's, that's my best record. That's the lowest risk. It's the lowest risk and the lowest stress. You got to work a lot for a while. That's all. You know, that's the one thing that's maybe stressful is you're working a lot, but you're going to have to work a lot when you start a business. That just happens. But otherwise, in terms of financial stress, it's, you're kind of, it's very low risk if you do it that way. Isa says, uh, many people do not want to take the red pill because they would have to face the truth about themselves and make changes in their lives. That's true. And changes cause great inconvenience and a big need and require they need a big effort. Yeah, all that's true. That's right. People are comfortable. We say the word is complacent, complacent, too comfortable, complacent. So yeah, they they may be kind of see the truth. They kind of know, but they don't really want to accept the truth. They don't really want to even know it completely because then if they knew it, they would have to do something, right? They would they would have to realize, oh, I have to change my life now. And they're too lazy to do that, so they avoid the truth. A lot of people do that. John Jimenez says, hola. Like the goal guy. Manuel says, uh, what advice would you give someone who wants to be an entrepreneur? Should they do their own thing without paying attention to what other folks say or think? Because you know folks 
always put you down. Just do it. Just try it. If you fail, you fail. So what? Just do it. Do it, do it, do it, do it. That's my, that, that'd be my one page book about <laughs> becoming an entrepreneur. You open it up, it just says, do it. The end. What's my opinion about the Learn Real English course? It's fantastic. Thumbs up. It's one of my courses. Marwa says, I'm trying to be fit. I work on myself. I walk one hour daily, but my mom criticizes me so hard. Why does your mom criticize you for walking an hour a day to be healthy? Is your mom fat and lazy? Maybe she feels guilty. You're showing her that she's being, she's fat and lazy. My mom's fat and lazy, so I can say that. <laughs> but she knows not to criticize me about that. This is a nice way. Ahmad Sleem says, live brave and die brave. Change your mind and be a fighter. Otherwise, you will lose the taste of life. That's well said. And I like that last sentence. Other, the last phrase. Otherwise, you will lose the taste of life. That's a good reason. That's very well said. Come on. That's a very good reason not to despair. Because when you despair, you lose your enthusiasm for life. You lose your enjoyment for life. I mean, this is why the most extreme example, the most extreme, you know, example of despair is suicide. People kill themselves. They have so much despair, so much hopelessness, they kill themselves. They completely lose their desire for life. But even less despair, not, you know, suicide is very extreme, but even less than that, maybe you don't kill yourself, but you kind of kill yourself inside. You kill your enjoyment of life. You kill all the beauty and truth and wonderful things about life because you're so focused on uh, hopelessness and despair all the time. It's terrible. It's a bad, it's an unhappy, miserable way to live. Azbadak <laughs> is reminding me I need uh, something I, I want I need to do. My friend sent me your podcast and there was your picture when you were young. Yeah, it's an old picture. Now today I watch your videos you're so different. You've become older. Indeed. I am older. <laughs> I need to update all my photos on my website and uh podcast. But there I usually have some I I have a professional photographer do that usually they're a guy in san francisco i like uh so i've just been lazy i haven't done it but i will every you have to do this if you have some kind of personal business using photos of yourself that of course right like every five years you kind of change you look different so i mean the podcast photo is probably 10 years old it's pretty old so yeah, of course I look a lot different. If you watch my first, my really old YouTube videos, I look a lot different, of course. So I'll, anyway, yeah, good point. I'll update those to current photos. Oh, I don't know when. <laughs> when I when I get some time from the babies, I'll do it eventually. Maybe next year.
Okay, let's see. I'm trying to speak fearless English, says Ark Aryan. My accent is too fast. How to control? Your accent's too fast. Speak fearless English. I'm, I'm not quite sure I understand the question completely. What you might try doing is, uh, which I always recommend first, is doing the shadowing technique, but use a slow audio, right? Not, not unnaturally slow, a natural audio, but slow. Someone who speaks slowly, maybe even an audio that is for English learners, that's kind of deliberately slow, but still sound, you know, still good pronunciation. And shadow it, meaning you're listening and you're trying to imitate, trying to copy the accent. So start, you know, in general, pronunciation training. Do it very slowly first. Start with slow, slow audios, and then you'll move into something faster. Okay, let's see. Oh, yeah, 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 this guy. I know this guy. Namaz says, Yesterday I heard about Nick Vucic. He's a man without legs and arms. I've seen his YouTube video, some of them. Although he's very happy and positive. There isn't any fear. This is real life. Yeah, he's a great, he's a motivational speaker. He's a very, you know, at least his persona, his public uh, persona is very positive, very optimistic. He's a guy who's does not despair. He's not showing despair, right? When he's around other people, he's doing the opposite. He's he's raising morale. He's giving people hope and courage and strength. We all love people like that. We love people like that. They make us feel stronger. It's great. Excellent, Priscilla says, one of my daughter, Priscilla Candido, says, uh, one of my daughters who is nine doesn't go to an English school anymore because her teacher is a bad person. I started teaching her at home. It was the best choice that I could do. Yes, good job. You should. She'll learn better at home. You'll do a much better job. Guaranteed. 100%. Good for you. Aberdamane with a nice big, uh, with a nice quote from Denzel Washington. Fail big, dream big. I like the Tom Peters quote, which is um, fail, fail faster, succeed sooner. Okay, a couple more. All right, I'm just jump to the bottom again. <laughs> Excellent. Lizette with another nice summary. Nice, we call it, we say succinct, meaning you say a lot in a, in a few words. I think if we love the truth, we insist on our freedom and fight for our faith every day, then there is no despair. 
That's fantastic. I'll say it again. I want to repeat this one. This is really good. Okay. If we love the truth, insist on our freedom, fight for our faith every day, then there is no despair. That's great. Absolutely. I agree. 100% for sure. Yeah, as Maxim says, the Bible tells us that love banishes all the fear, right? Love of God, love of truth, and love of your family too, of course. <laughs> okay, I gotta read this from Elena, just... AJ now looks even better. Men are like wine. The older they become, the better they get. For sure. <laughs> All right, let's see. Yeah, like Abdullah Osman, Osman again. A despaired person, someone who's in despair. They're very weak. It's very easy for them to give up. That's what the enemy wants. In order to overcome the despair, uh, their feelings, they blame their surroundings. Oh, right, right, right. In order, that's right. Then people in despair will often blame the environment. They blame everybody else. But that's also weakness because you just have to think about that, really. If you blame everybody else, let's say you're unhappy, you have a bad life, your life sucks, your life is bad. And you say, well, it's because of, it's because of my parents and because of um, the government and because of the media, right? And there might be a little truth in each of those statements, right? Because those, all those things might have done bad things to you and lied to you. So that there's a part of it that's true. But the problem is if you blame it, you're giving away your power because you're saying, well, I can't be happy unless the government changes. I can't be happy unless the media changes. I can't be happy unless my parents change. And I don't know about your parents, but the government and the media will not change. <laughs> so that means you'll never be happy. See, you see what I mean? It's, you see why if you're just blaming everyone outside, it makes you powerless. It, mean, it makes you hopeless, completely hopeless. Because you have to wait until other people bad people sometimes will change and they won't so that's why taking responsibility saying i'm responsible is powerful even though of course there are bad these bad things happening but if you say doesn't matter i'm responsible so you say yes the media is bad but i'm responsible i believed it i believe their lies so it's my fault Right? The government, they're bad, but I believe they're lies. It's my fault. Right? Now, it, people don't like that in the beginning because it sounds like, oh, I'm blaming myself. This, But that's actually, when you do this, you make yourself more powerful because now you have the power. If you say, it's my fault, now what? You can change yourself. You say, I just need to change myself and I can become happy. I change myself. I become strong. I will not. I will learn how to see the lies better. I will search more strongly for the truth. 
I will follow the truth instead of the lies. I will be less fearful, right? Now you're changing yourself. You're becoming more powerful, more powerful, more powerful by not focusing on everyone else, but on yourself, on your, your responsibility. So that's why, you know, some, a lot of people don't understand that. They think blaming others makes them like feel better, but it actually is the exact opposite. Blaming everybody else will make you feel powerless. Yeah, like here's another example. Emmanuel says, I have a friend who's pessimistic. His girlfriend broke up with him and told him he was ugly. <laughs> That's nice. And now he always pales at the thought of other girls don't want to date him. Right. And he's right. So he's decided to believe her. First of all, with women, it's not about looks, guys. Okay. It's, you know, yes, looks help somewhat, but there's a lot more going on. So even if your friend is ugly, it doesn't matter. He can still attract, you know, great girls, wonderful girls, without a doubt, right? Because what's really attractive to women is, you know, if he's strong and virtuous and confident and, uh, you know, has a strong purpose in life and, you know, on and on and on, all these kind of very strong masculine qualities, he'll be fine. He'll be in great shape, <laughs> even if he is ugly. I mean, you can, you can see this. There's some ugly famous people who have super hot wives, you know? <laughs> so again, you can't, you can't let it, he's got to take control of himself on the inside and not worry about her. Just let her go. And he's got to transform himself from the inside. He'll be totally fine. Okay, guys, one more and I'm going to go. Yeah, okay, and I'll end with Emmanuel. Because, uh, I yes, Emmanuel follows up with a good answer. <laughs> and it, this is kind of the opposite side of despair. It's kind of exaggerating on the positive side and the confident side. Do you recommend for us to be a bit cocky? I'll explain that word in a minute. Because since I am an independent learner, I always poke fun at my fellow mates who are still stuck in the classroom learning with boring, boring stuff. That is the perfect word. Cocky. You could even add cocky and funny, which is... That phrase has some history, but anyway, I'm not, I won't go into it. But that magic combination of being positive and, and not too serious, but being cocky. What does cocky mean? Cocky means really almost overconfident, like like super confident, really even more confident than you should be, <laughs> okay? And and you're, you're not shy about it. You show it. You show you're confident. You're like, yeah, I'm confident. I'm good. I'm good. Some people say arrogant. Arrogant would be the negative version of this word. Arrogant. But I think the difference is between being cocky and in a positive way and being arrogant in a negative way, I think the difference is a sense of humor in my experience, that people who are super, super, super confident, but they're a little funny about it, they're kind of, they do it in a joking way, they're smiling, they're not too serious about themselves, they will joke about themselves too, it's no big deal, but they, you know, they're very, very confident and they really show it. 
but it's all in good fun with that nice bit of humor with it. People like that. People love that. Women love, love, love that in a guy. That's like superpower. for if, if you're trying to attract women, to have that cockiness and the funniness together is super powerful. It's very attractive. But even men, it's just, it's charisma. It's charisma, right? People like that. They like that kind of confidence with the humor added. Arrogance <laughs> is that kind of like too much confidence, like super confidence, but without the humor. Like you really totally 100% believe it and you're just serious. Like, oh, yeah, I'm the best. I'm the best, right? There's no humor. There's no smile. There's no joke. It's all just, yeah, I'm the best. I'm better than everyone else. That's arrogance. It's very, very negative. People don't like that. People hate people like that. So I think sometimes people who are less confident, they're trying to become more confident, but people, but they're worried, like, I don't want to be arrogant. I don't want to be an asshole. I don't want to be arrogant. Everyone will hate me. Well, that it's true. Don't do that. And so what's the solution? Be confident. Be very confident. Be overconfident. But do it with a smile. Joke about yourself sometimes. Don't be afraid. Don't be so serious about yourself. Don't be so serious about life. Do it with a smile. Be a person who laughs a lot. And also compliment other people. That's another part of being uh, cocky in a positive way. That an arrogant person is always trying to be better than everyone else. But a cocky person, they're confident, but they're not trying to put others down. Right? It's a big difference. They're confident, but they want everyone else to be confident too. They feel confident and they try to raise everybody up. They're trying to raise everyone up. That's why they're funny. That's why they, they smile. That's why they are in a good mood or they tell jokes. They want everyone to feel good. They want everyone to have high morale. They want everyone feeling confident. That people love, love. That's a leader. People love, love, love people like that. And an arrogant, the negative side is they're too serious. And also they try to push everyone else down. They feel better by pushing everyone else down. And everyone hates those people. <laughs> right? So very well uh, described, Emmanuel. Thank you for that. And that's going to be it for today. Lots of love to all of you, as usual. I'll be back again tomorrow. You've got just uh, VIP members, just a couple more days. So use your discount code now for the Business English course. Everyone else, get on my email list because next week I'll be sending that out. And as always, commit, don't quit to my VIP program at EffortlessEnglishClub.com. EffortlessEnglishClub.com. Stay strong. See you next time.